Welcome back to the A-Level Politics Show. I hope you're all well. Today, we will be returning to paper one and we will be looking at the party system. The question we will examine is this. Evaluate the view that the UK has returned to a two-party system. What we're going to do first is define what a party system is. A party system describes how many parties flourish within a political system and have influence. The kind of party system in operation can be determined by examining the following. A, the number of parties in government. B, the number of parties that have a realistic chance of winning and forming the government. C, the parties or the number of parties that influence policy. D, the number of parties that have representation in an assembly or a parliament. And E, the vote share of the parties at elections. So the strongest essays will return back to those definitions A to E in order to answer this question. What is my direction? Well, it is this. While a two-party system appears to be in operation in Westminster, the picture is far more complex when examining representative bodies in other parts of the UK. Brexit made it hard for the two parties to dominate policy. Even in Westminster, they might dominate seats in the share of the vote. But if we look at UKIP and then the Brexit party, we can see that there um, are smaller parties which influence policy. The 2019 general election could arguably aid an era of one-party dominance rather than two-party dominance given the electoral system and the winner's bonus it afforded to Boris Johnson's Conservative Party. So after the break we will look at Westminster in a little bit more detail. Some argue that Westminster hasn't got a two-party system anymore but a dominant party system. The dominant party theory refers to the number of parties that form the government. So from 1979 to 2010, Britain only had one party in government, 18 years of Conservative rule, followed by 13 years of Labour rule. The coalition that followed between the Conservative Party and the Liberal Democrats between 2010 and 2015 was a temporary phenomenon and since the 2015 election, it is business as usual. The Conservatives have been the only party in government. One party, the Conservatives, is in government at the moment. After the 2019 general election, the Tories have 56% of the seats in Westminster. Even a minority government, as we saw with Theresa May's government between 2017 and 2019, is able to some extent control the agenda of Parliament, witness Theresa May's ability to delay votes on Brexit to suit the time of her choosing. Didn't always work out that way, but she certainly was able to, as they say, kick the can down the road um, more easily as a result of being in government. A weak government can therefore still have the upper hand in Parliament. The Conservatives were able to survive a no-confidence vote in January 2019, for example. All this points to the dominant party theory having credence that the 
only important party is the party that holds the reins of power that forms the executive. However, we can dispute this. The existence of a coalition between 2010 and 2015 and the existence of a minority government from 2017 to 2019 means that the dominant theory is actually not a strong one. The Conservative government in Westminster between 2017 to 2019 relied on the DUP for key votes in order to pass legislation through Parliament and the DUP scuppered, prevented Theresa May's plan for Northern Ireland to have a separate relationship with the EU to that of other parts of the UK after Brexit, which showed their influence on policy. Now, obviously, the world has changed uh, since Boris Johnson won a majority um, at the 2019 general election. But what we've done there is look at some examples over the past couple of years to argue that the dominant party theory is only correct up to a point. Other parties can influence policy. And we saw between 2017 and 2019, um, the DUP have a degree of influence over the Conservative Party. And between 2010 and 2015, the Liberal Democrats having influence over the Conservative Party. So really over the last decade, the story of our governance has been one where a number of parties has influenced policies, not just the Conservative Party. Now, other pundits claim that Westminster has a multi-party system, or at the very least, a three-party system rather than a two-party system. The creation of the so-called independent group of former Labour MPs in February 2019, and they were joined by a few Conservatives as well, was supposed to have a profound effect on politics and pointed towards a fracturing of the two-party system, especially when moderate Tories, as I said, joined that group as well. Rebellions in both parties from backbenches on key Brexit votes in 2019 demonstrated that the two parties had lost control of that process. In 2019, some 82 MPs were elected from outside the two main parties and enjoy representation in Parliament, compared to an average of around nine between 1950 and 1970. The Green Party has its first MP, Caroline Lucas, and she represents Brighton Pavilion, and she has increased her majority um, in the last three general elections, making Brighton Pavilion a pretty safe Green Party seat. And in the 2019 general election, the SNP won 48 seats to the House of Commons, making them comfortably the third largest party in terms of seats. But let's just push back on the idea of a multi-party system or three-party system, just like we push back on the idea of a dominant party. The 2017 general election saw very much the return of two-party politics and arguably the 2019 election simply confirms that. The electoral system doesn't allow for permanent multi-party systems and more often than not benefits the two larger parties. The 2017 general election saw the highest vote share for the two major parties since 1970 and cumulatively the Tories and Labour won 82.4% of the vote in um, 
2017 and in 2019 that only fell back to 76%. So those two parties still win over three quarters of the vote. The Liberal Democrat revival in 2019 was very much muted. Um, so let's come to this idea of a two party system theory. In Britain, first past the post ensures that only two parties, Labour and Conservative, have a realistic chance of winning the general election because first past the post ensures the two party system is maintained in terms of how votes are converted into seats. In 2017, Labour and Conservative won 580 of the 650 seats. That's 89%. And in 2019, after that general election, they won a little bit uh, less, but still won 568 of the 650 seats to the House of Commons. And that represents 87% of the seats. So the two-party system arguably is very much ingrained in Westminster. Perhaps the only caveat is that the winning party tends to be able to control the levers of power and therefore that opens the possibility of a dominant party theory. While it is easier to make the case for a two-party system in Westminster, especially in terms of votes and seat share, the picture elsewhere is far more complex. The SNP controls the Scottish Government. Labour is in coalition with the Liberal Democrats in Wales. UKIP, um, and uh, then latterly the Brexit Party, uh, is the UK's largest party in the European Parliament, or was until the UK left uh, the European Union in January 2020. Northern Ireland has its own parties that make up the Northern Irish Assembly, including Sinn Féin and the DUP. These examples can be explained by the different electoral systems used in regional and subnational elections that benefit small parties. So in the Scottish Parliament, you don't have first past the post. You have the additional member system, which is uh, more proportional to the vote share that the parties receive. Therefore, you have a wider variety of parties receiving representation. Um, and so it is little surprise, therefore, that you have different parties that have participated in uh, the Scottish Government. You first had Labour, you had a coalition between Labour and the Liberal Democrats um, in Scotland, um, and for the last uh, few years you've had the SNP. So um, the picture elsewhere, outside of Westminster, is far more complex. What is my conclusion? Well, stand by because I'll talk about that after the break. Fairclough says that the party system is in flux or transition following devolution and the new electoral systems that are being used in those devolved bodies. Temporarily, Brexit became a binary choice, a choice between two different things. Um, and we saw that in the 2017 general election where the Remain vote went to Labour and the Leave vote went to the Conservative Party by and large. But... Since then, it, it really tore up the parliamentary rule book and made it hard for the two parties to dominate as they once did because particularly Conservative Party was so divided over the issue of Brexit. Yet the 2019 general election um, arguably will usher in a period of Tory dominance, um, the so-called dominant party theory. 
perhaps is back, especially now the Labour Party is so divided. Only Labour, though, has a realistic chance of forming an alternative government in a future general election. And while some might think that is still a long shot, um, you could see that happening, particularly with the economic fallout of COVID-19, with the leadership of Keir Starmer. I'm not casting any kind of judgment on whether he is a good leader or a bad leader, but it appears that he certainly has uh, more of a uh, a net favourable rating than Jeremy Corbyn. Um, And of course, uh, with Boris Johnson, and while he may have um, a degree of popularity, uh, we know that prime ministerial power waxes and wanes and people get bored and they want to change. So I think you're more likely to see a two-party system um, vie with a dominant party system in Westminster. But outside of Westminster, clearly we have different parties competing for power, particularly in Scotland with the SNP in charge there and in Northern Ireland, uh, which has a separate political system with different political parties. So therefore, it's not right to say that the UK has a two party system. You have to delve in to the representative bodies that you are are examining. So the answer for Westminster is different than the answer um, in the other bodies in the UK. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. It's a bit of a short one today. If you have liked it, please, please leave a nice comment or a favourable rating, preferably both um, in the Apple Podcasts store. That would be lovely. That will help more people find out about us. Please also let me know the topics which you would like me to cover. Um, Just tweet me at Nick D'Souza to let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments about the show. In the meantime, stay safe and enjoy the weather. Take care. Bye bye.